reached its peak intensity as a large and powerful cyclone and it lashed the east coast of the United States with high waves and coastal flooding. On November 1st, the system evolved into a full-fledged hurricane with peak-sustained winds of 75 miles an hour. It was left unnamed for a time but later received the name the perfect storm. Damage from the storm totaled over $200 million and the death toll was 13. Waves up to 30 feet struck the coastline from Canada to Florida and southeastward to Puerto Rico. In Massachusetts, where damage was heaviest, over 100 homes were destroyed or severely damaged. There was a buoy off of the coast of Nova Scotia and it reported a wave height of 100.7 feet high. A wave 100 feet high. The highest ever recorded in the province's offshore waters. In the middle of the storm, the fishing vessel Andrea Gale sank, killing her crew of six and inspiring the book and later a movie entitled The Perfect Storm. Off the shore of New York's Long Island, an Air National Guard helicopter ran out of fuel and crashed. Four members of its crew were rescued and one of them were killed. Two people died after their boat sank off of Staten Island from the storm. High waves swept two people off to their deaths, one in Rhode Island, one in Puerto Rico, and another person blown off of a bridge to his death. You see, storms come. They just come. Storms come into all of our lives. Storms are part of life. There was a story last week about two wealthy socialites coming off of their private island. Filthy rich people got their home on a private island. Coming off of that private island just out for a day of shopping or whatever. And they drove up onto the ferry in their Mercedes Benz. And somehow somebody didn't do their job and that Mercedes rolled off into the ocean. Some of you may have heard that account. They found those two women holding each other when they pulled that car up. Amen. Storms have a potential to destroy us. Just out of nowhere, life changes. Unpredictable circumstances happen. Rich or poor, well-known or unknown, believers or unbelievers, we all face storms. A storm is labeled as any disturbed state of a body, especially affecting its surface and strongly implying a force, an unusual force. It may be marked by significant disruptions, a thunderstorm, a heavy snowstorm, a rainstorm, an ice storm, a cyclone, a windstorm, a tornado, a dust storm, a blizzard, a sandstorm, etc. Storms have the potential to harm lives and property via that surge of energy, heavy rain, snow, whatever it might be. And it causes impossibilities and it causes situations that we weren't planning for and lightning and wildfires and wind shears that can cause a plane to crash. Uh, you know, storms are, are violent. They're, they're unpredictable. Out of storms, sometimes there does come the good. There's some people that know what I'm talking about. If you've ever lived in a country uh, or a place that suffers drought uh, and you get a good storm pattern come through there, it can replace years of water in the water table. 
stable from those storms. So there are some good things that come out of storms. Heavy snowfall can be a long-term water storage as it slowly melts and flows down into the valleys and to the fertile fields. But one woman wrote it this way. She said, I think I'm beginning to grow duck's feathers. It's been so wet here. Believe it or not, she wasn't from Lufkin. She said, I think I'm beginning to grow duck feathers. Day after day is filled with a gloomy forecast of rain. I was thrilled on the morning when it wasn't raining and I could sit out on my deck and I sure did enjoy those few precious hours working outside in God's creation. But then in just a span of a few minutes, a massive storm rolled in. The sky turned from bright sunshine to charcoal gray. The wind picked up in huge gusts, blowing green and brown debris from the trees and scattered them throughout the yard. The dead leaves and bits of greenery hung suspended and then danced around in the wind. And sudden storms are like that. We're going along fine then all of a sudden, bam, everything changes. But storms generally don't last forever and we can even discover some of the lovely things about them. You see, the wind helps get rid of debris that would have piled up in the tree. The rain waters the flowers and leaves everything freshly washed. And it's the same way with our souls. Instead of focusing on the hardship of life's storms, what if we looked and found some of the good things that storms can bring to us? Storms can strengthen us. They can cleanse our soul. The storm that the disciples in our text endured, this storm that these disciples endured, it opened their eyes to a whole new level of Jesus. Amen. That's what a storm can do. Oh, yes, it can bring problems but it can open your eyes to a whole new level of Jesus amen storms help us to establish proper priorities they teach us to pray they cause us to listen more closely I'm going to tell you what if it wasn't for storms in our life 90% of us wouldn't know how to pray We say, Lord, teach us to pray. Bam! Give you a project to work on. They cause us, storms cause us to let go of unnecessary baggage. They help us to see through the facade of life and cause us to become attached to things that really matter. You see these people having to escape out of the hurricane country. They They don't bring everything, honey. They bring what's important to them. And storms cause us to figure out what's important and what's not important because we collect a lot of stuff in our life that's not important that just becomes weight in our life. Amen. Amen. Storms are great reminders that even when we're being pounded, we always have the assurance that God will be with us through our difficult moments. He will be there. Amen. They help us get rid of debris and the things that we don't need in our life. The God who made the storm can certainly calm the storm. 
However, if he chooses not to calm it, he will stay with us until the storm passes over. And many of you are going through a difficult time today. Last year was a difficult time. Many of you are facing the aftermath of some storms. You're in the cleanup process. Concerning storms of life, I've always said, you're in one now, or you just came out of one, or there's one up ahead. That's the one thing I know about storms. In spite of the storm, Jesus is there. One of my favorite water stories comes from Matthew 6. Matthew 6 said, In straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go the other side uh, before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into um, a mountain to pray. And so you get the picture. He sent his disciples away, sent them off in a boat. He goes up to pray. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he was alone on land. And he saw them toiling and rowing. Say this with me. God sees when I'm toiling and rowing. See, you forget that. You don't know God sees. See, he don't always show up the way you think he should. They didn't have a clue that God was seeing them toiling and rowing. They thought they were doing it all on their own and nobody knew anything about their predicament. But the Bible says that the Lord saw them. He saw them toiling and rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them walking upon the sea. And he, everybody say, would have passed by them. He, he gave them an option. He got close. He said, you know, that's why people, they say, oh, I'm not going to that Pentecostal church. Something will jump on me. No, ain't going to nothing jump on you. It ain't no monkey stuff. Ain't nothing going to jump on you. If you don't want it on you, it ain't coming. You People can do crazy stuff all around you, and you're perfectly safe. Just sit there. If you don't, if if you don't feel nothing, just get a kick out of what they're doing. It don't matter to me. But they ain't nothing gonna jump on you. He would have passed them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And he went unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. How did that come from? Where did that come from? How did that show up? Well, before he puts them on the boat... They have experienced that day the miracle of the fish and the loaves where God provided immensely. But somehow, within just a few short hours, they forgot all about that miracle. Their trust went out the window when it got personal. Uh Uh-huh, y'all heard what I just said. They saw the miracles that day. But then when it got personal, their trust went out the window. And Jesus 
points out to them. They considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Now, this doesn't mean they were opposed to Jesus or that they had what we, what we think is a hardness of heart, but simply they were slow to perceive his power for their situation. They did not quickly learn, as they should have, that he had all power and could therefore resolve any issue, supply any need, or calm any storm. And the glory of Christ, which he manifested and showed forth in all of his miracles, it was not clearly and fully discerned and acknowledged by them. How many times do we know God can and has, but when we get in our storm, we forget that God will be there for us. Amen. We forget it. We just simply forget it. In spite of all the miracles which they saw daily, they still needed divine illumination. I am praying like the prophet prayed for his servant. Lord, we don't need more miracles. We don't need more help. We just need to open our eyes and see what you're already doing. We need to realize you're already up amongst us. Amen. We miss so much when we get our head down. They still needed the darkness of their minds to be removed so they could behold the glory and the power of Jesus. If they needed continuous removal of mental darkness, how much more do you and I need to pray, God, keep me from getting blinded to your power. Keep me from getting darkness taken over my mind. Keep me from letting negativity control my relationship with you. Keep me out of this despondency. Amen. We need to pray, God, help us see what you're already doing in spite of our storm. The enemy does not want us to see that Jesus is there. He don't want you to see that. He wants the storm to be bigger than your God. And we help him a lot. I believe that Jesus always comes to us during our storms. Sometimes we're too busy worrying to notice he's there. I need you to get I, I already, I'm wearing you out there. I need you to be Jesus for me a second. Come here. Stand right there and just put, put your hand in a Jesus type of stance. You got it, dude. You're, you're hired. Oh, God. I got trouble. No, you got to keep at it. Oh, God. I got problems. I need Jesus. Oh, God. I am so worried about all this mess going on in my life. I sure wish I could find me some Jesus. All I can see is debts and bills and pain and heartache. And my, my wife's giving me fits and my kids are giving me fits. And oh, I need some Jesus. Come on. Wake up. He is there. Thank you. He is there. You stop worrying so much and start praising him for his promises he said I will never leave you I will never forsake you I'll be with you to the end of the earth sometimes we're too busy trying to figure it out on our own to have to find Jesus sometimes we're having a pity party and we don't even recognize him Kind of like Sister Farhat was talking about Thomas. Sometimes we're too stubborn to call on him. Well, if God wants to help me, he will. Idiot. 
Jesus is reaching to you with a gentle hand and encouraging you to take hold of his love and his mercy. He longs for you to tuck your hand into his hand and let him worry about the storm. He really does have it all under control. Even in the midst of the storm, he is really available to us. There will always be a battle. Storms will continue to have their season in our lives. 1 John 4 and 4 said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who's them? All that junk. All them storms. You've overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Matthew 16, he said, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Revelation 2 and 7, He that hath near, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. Revelation 3, 21, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. All those overcome, prevail, all those things. They are terminology for warfare. They are terminology for encountering an opposition. It's there. It's not hidden, ladies and gentlemen. Opposition is not a new thing to the people of God. It's just up to us to make up my mind. Which one am I going to be a part of? Or am I going to be an overcomer? Or am I going to be one that gives up? I plan to be an overcomer because Jesus is with me in spite of the storm. The word overcometh speaks of resistance. It speaks of battle, of the mind, the will. It speaks of warfare. It speaks of attack and counterattack. Storms are something we got to learn to overcome, but we cannot overcome them on our own. Storms are overcome when we wake up the master. Storms are overcome when we call out to the master. Storms teach us how to seek God. I guarantee you there's people, they talk more about their storm on Facebook than they do to God. I'm having a party, it's a pity party, and I want everybody to come. Paul and Silas faced a storm one night. They got whipped that day. They got beat that day. They got beat up, spit on knuckle fit. They got knuckle sandwiches. They got whipped. They got chained. They got tied up. End of the day, after their after their tormentors were finished with them, they just tied them up in stocks and bonds and said, we'll start over again in the morning. Silas looked at Paul and said, Paul, you got your cell phone? Paul said, what do you, Tyler, what in the world you want my phone for? He said, I want to get on Facebook and tell everybody what we've been through. he didn't he didn't have time to tell nobody he was too busy knowing that God was there he wasn't in that cell by himself he was with him and so they said if God's here we are gonna give him what he wants God wants our praise we'll give it to him in spite of our circumstances 
Come on, somebody. You act like God ain't there. He wants your praise even in the storm. Isaiah said, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. He'll have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. He said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth... So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, a storm is, is a disturbance. It starts in an upper atmosphere. It starts in places that you don't even know. See, Job, Job's storm. Y'all heard about Job if you hadn't read the books. Job, Job's one of the books in the Old Testament. That storm started in the upper atmosphere before Job even knew it was coming. But that storm did not shock God. Even though it started in the upper atmosphere. And see, God's ways, his, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts above yours. A storm is a, is a disturbed state of body affecting the surface and, and, and a force that, that we didn't know where it came from. And it's marked by significant disruption. And a perfect storm, I said, is a confluence or a process of merging of events that drastically aggravates a situation. And that's the ones that get us. The storm, a lot of times we can survive, but it's a perfect storm that gets us. Perfect storms are tough. So many things align at the same time. Things that, that you know, if it had just been one of them, we could have survived it. If it had just been this or that, but it's when they all come in together. When I was a kid, I used, I used to sneak over to my friend's house, and we'd watch that, that wrestling Saturday night wrestling. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was bad to the bone. And he could handle them for a while. But then they'd cheat. Yeah, they'd cheat. What, some of y'all thinking that wrestling wasn't real, aren't you? Oh, honey, that was real. That was real stuff. And they'd cheat. And this guy'd be handling one and two, and then they'd send three or four in there on him. And they'd whoop him with chairs and beat him with stuff. That's unfair. <laughs> Ain't right. And a lot of times we do okay with one problem or two problems, and we face this. But then all of a sudden, it just seems to come in from every angle, and we don't know what to do about that. That's a perfect storm. I love the song, In the Eye of the Storm. You remain in control. And right in the middle of the war, what did he say? He said, he prepareth a table before me, right there in the midst of my enemies. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn and your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet. Between the black skies and my red eyes. And that ain't from smoking pot. That's from crying. The black skies and my red eyes I can barely see. When I realize I've been sold out. Anybody ever been sold out by friends and family? Yeah, you're there. I can feel 
the rain reminded me that in the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. And you alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. And when my hopes and dreams, they're far from me. And I'm running out of faith. And I see the future that I had pictured. And it slowly begins to fade away. And when the tears of pain and heartache are pouring down my face, I find my peace in Jesus' name. Because in the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn because your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When the test comes in, the doctor said, I've only got a few months left. It's like a bitter pill I'm swallowing and I can barely catch my breath. And when addiction steals my baby girl, and there's nothing I can do. My only hope is to trust you. I trust you, Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you're close beside me. Today is my nephew's birthday, would have been. He was killed at 32. My heart goes out to my sister today. I know before this day is over, I know where my sister's car will drive up to the cemetery. And there will be her son and her mom, who was her best friend, and her daddy. All there together. And the pains you'll feel. I called my brother this past Monday. I had prayed for him in early morning prayer. We had some small talk. And then I just told him I'm praying for you. And he burst open like a fountain. Began to sob. And he said I cried all day yesterday. He's lost his mother-in-law, his wife. And our mom and dad all so close together. But in the middle of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Because your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. You know, there's a backstory behind the song. 
the writer of that song spent eight years as a paramedic before he was ever signed on with a record label. And he experienced a lot, especially in seeing people in the midst of tragedy with those eight years on the streets as a paramedic. He stated, he said, this song talks about the stuff we go through and the points. It points people to our only hope, which is Jesus Christ, in the midst of truly terrible circumstances that I've witnessed over and over. He said, personally for me, I lost my mom at a young age, and my wife and I had a miscarriage of our twins a few years ago. A lot of this song is about my heart going through the ringer. One of the things I've seen as a paramedic is that we all have true and real struggles, ugly parts of our lives that we're dealing with and failures and defeats. In the middle of that, when we feel our sails ripped out and the battles and the wars we're going through, we can feel like we float out to sea where the Lord isn't paying attention to us and that he's overlooked us, but he hasn't. He saw his disciples rowing against the storm. His promise to us is that he is the anchor of our being and he is our only hope. And that's why the apostle could say, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. That's why he could say to Timothy, he said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. That's why he could write to the Ephesians and say, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why he could write, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him whom for whom he hath chosen him to be a soldier. You see, storms demand that we fight. Storms demand that we fight. You gotta fight to keep your head up. But you don't have to fight by yourself. Storms demand that we fight. Storms bring out the fighter in us. But it also brings out the protector in God. <laughs> I used to hate cats. Now I got three and I still hate cats. I've spent good money to have them all neutered. I mean, if you was my cat, wouldn't you appreciate if I had you neutered? ungrateful things I mean it keeps them out of trouble what's there not to like about that but I've got a lot invested in these guys because I don't like I like cats better than snakes rats you know and the cats take care of the snakes do you know that you're a country girl I forgot city girls what Well, I got a little money invested in these cats, and I really don't want to lose them. Well, I also, where I live, and I live in the city. I live real close to the city, really close. I could almost hit my house with a rock. But I also, in my yard, there comes bobcats, 
foxes, hawks, raccoons. I saw my dumb cat playing with a raccoon the other day or the other night. Thankfully, it's at night. If it's in the day, it'd be scary. <laughs> the other two cats hate him, so he's decided to be friends with the raccoons. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so last night I'm finishing up preparing my message. And I hear this god awfulest fight going on. Oh Lord, I need I need because uh, I, I find hair. I mean chunks of hair all the time. They fight all the time. So there's big chunks of fur, and I, one cat will have a whole big swipe out of his side. Or the other day this one had about lost an ear, and I don't know if it's fighting each other or what. I'd like to find out one of these nights, but. And I jump up from my computer and run outside, get a flashlight, trying to find where they're fighting. What in the world is going on? Even me, who at one time hated cats, I got enough of a shepherd's heart to try to go out and protect them. Storms bring the fighter out in us. But it also brings the protector out in God. He cannot hear the sound of something coming against you that he doesn't grab a light and say, Ooh, what's going on? I'll, show, I'll tell you why I believe that. First Samuel 17, I'll start winding up. Philistine came on and drew near unto David. Philistine was a trained soldier, a giant, very, very large, three times David's size at least. Little David was young. He had never been a warrior in battle, that is, never been trained. And this Philistine came on and drew near unto David. The man that bare the shield went before him. He was so big, he had a shield bearer in front of him. And here's little David. When the Philistine looked about and he saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. And then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. And that's all well and good. <laughs> but you have showed up with a knife to a gunfight. Because I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied. And moreover, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take your head from thee. See, I told y'all David knew how to get ahead. I will take your head from thee, and I'll give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with a sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, 
and he will give you into our hands. You see, this giant should have been the perfect storm that destroyed David. This should have been the end. If you'd been there that day betting and didn't get to read the story, oh, uh, all the bets in Vegas would have been on the big guy. The name of the Lord made all the difference. David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. The psalmist in 20 said, some trust in chariots and some in, in the horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. The psalmist said again in 116, the sorrows of death come past me. The pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. But then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. And gracious is the Lord. And righteous, yea, our God is merciful. He went on to tell him in 124, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Next time you get down in the dumps, remember the God that saved you, created the ball of earth you're standing on. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Next time you get down in the dumps, you need to go out and stomp on the dirt and remember that the God who created this ball is the God that reached down and pulled you up out of darkness, shined his light of love on you, forgave you of your sins, and filled you with his spirit. Oh. Hallelujah. Ah, amen. That vessel departed from Massachusetts for the waters of Nova Scotia. They had been there many times. Another day, another dollar. A fishing vessel doing what fishing vessels do. Trained sailors accustomed to handling storms, but not a perfect storm. And after encountering high seas in the middle of the storm, the vessel made its last radio contact late on October 28, about 180 miles northeast of Sable Island. The Andrea Gale sank while returning to Massachusetts, her debris washing ashore all over the subsequent weeks. Crew of six presumed killed after a Coast Guard search was unable to find them. The storm and the boat sinking became the centerpiece for the perfect storm, the book. You see, the enemy wants to destroy you with a perfect storm. He's trying. He's trying to get everything set just right. I'm simply preaching to you today. Run into the tower and call on the name. The Bible said the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run in and are safe. If you don't know how to call on the name of Jesus, if you don't know how to get in the corner of your prayer room and say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I resist this situation in the power of the name that's above every name. The Bible said whatsoever you do in word and deed, do it all 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Devils tremble at that name. They heal the sick in that name. Demons were cast out in that name. Amen. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Call on the only one who's able to get you to a safe place. If you're not careful, you can become disoriented in the storm and end up destroying your family, your life, and even your very soul. And there's people wandering around in a storm right now. Saying it'll get better. It'll get better. What they don't know is they're in a perfect storm. And if they don't get a hold of Jesus, they're going to die in the storm. Would you stand with me? I don't know who all's going through a storm right now. But I invite you to come to this altar area. Husband, wife, friend.